the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. Listening to live from the path. We're coming to you from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. It's good yeah. to be with you. Okay, Mike's my transition man, and he's still out of the country. Nathaniel, that was you. You're supposed to jump yeah. in and, and provide some kind of sweetness. I hit, I hit you with a heck yeah. I okay. did it too slow though. Okay, that's good enough. All right, here's what we've got going on the show this evening. Uh, so Dan has spent the last, uh, what do we want to say? Is it uh, two weeks? It was two Take, weeks. I mean, two, you know, plus, including travel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so two weeks in Zimbabwe. And so, boy, I, I remember uh, scrolling through ye old uh, Facebook, and uh, boy, it just looks like some really cool things were happening. So we're going to catch up with Dan and uh, see how the old uh, Zimbabwe trip went, and then we'll be catching up next week with Mike. He's on his way back from Ethiopia. Uh, actually, he's on a plane right now nice. on his way back from Ethiopia. Nice. And so uh, Nathaniel and I uh, stopped at the gas station on the way. That's as far as we got. Did you get a Milky Way bar? Uh, I did not. I got uh, I got a decaf coffee. That oh. doesn't feel like it's living on the wild side like you guys wow. did. Wow. I Nathan- got uh, the, the Casey's only Mountain Dew flavor. Okay. But it was a refill. You yeah, brought in your own cup. <laughs> I brought a that cup is also pilot. not living on the wild side. But Casey's has their own flavored pop? Yeah. Well, the, I think they did like a brand deal with... Uh, with Mountain Dew, and Mountain Dew made them a flavor. Yeah, they have huh. their own flavor. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I feel like I should start drinking pop. Okay, so uh, Nathaniel, quick, what was, was it delicious or not delicious? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty awesome. Like, worth a go. You try it once. Yeah. Okay, okay, I like it. All right, let's, uh, and then we'll do some advice. I think we'll just do that, and we'll do some advice. I saw, I was looking through a few articles, and like, boy, I'm just not impressed. There's a guy that wrote... There's a guy that wrote, uh, this is from the, the Christian Post, and he's like, Dear Ric Flair. Like, when I say <laughs> when I say Ric Flair, does this guy cross your mind? Do you know what we're talking about? No. Like so, the WWE guy? Yeah, yeah. WWF? Oh. Yeah, like, an, oh, he's an old school wrestler. Like, the guy who go, woo! Oh, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Big old white hair. Wears wow. a big, big fancy robe. Nice. And, uh, and, like, I'm not sure what spawned this guy, but, like, the title of the article is A Message from God to Ric Flair. And uh, I thought, well, I mean, is he dead? <laughs> He's not dead. And like, doesn't this feel like clickbait? <laughs> like this is the equivalent of Christian clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this, He's not even relevant anymore. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, it's like even, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's all it's kinds like of things. It's like the exact same thing. Like, you will believe what this celebrity looks like now. Right, right, right. You um, know what God was hit a Sonny and Cher? <laughs> A message from God to Spiro Agnew. <laughs> like, why? Anyway, I, I thought, I, I stopped reading. I, I I quit. I said, I don't want any articles on this site anymore if this is the kind of thing that we're going to do. It was an opinion piece. But it's it's in the same realm as like every time something big happens in the news, yeah. somebody's like, I heard from the Lord and I'm going to tell you oh, no. the same thing I would have said last week on my radio program. I'm just going to say it in a message to you as an article. <sighs> anyway, so I, I don't... Why, I, wait, why, why was it... You, I guess you didn't fish the article. No, why I, was it okay. too... Rick Flair. Like, what did did it have anything to do with him? So it didn't even. Say, okay, well, here's what we're gonna do. It we're gonna. We have to. Okay, <laughs> dear Rick, with no K. <laughs> dear Rick, if you get this message, that should be a sign that God has something really important to say to you. After all, you don't know me from Adam. 
and there are millions of articles on the internet. The fact that you're reading this article is an answer to prayer. This is very arrogant. <laughs> but I say, it could, it could be he just assumes the guy's like, oh, I wonder if they're talking about me today. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Google my name. <laughs> well, I'll be doggone. God's trying to get a hold of me. Um, but before I share God's message to you, let me speak to you from my own heart for a moment. Oh, boy. You have obviously lived an amazing life, one with incredible triumphs and incredible agony. You have been a remarkable performer, arguably the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Wow. And the fact that you're getting in the ring again at 73 years old is mind. Okay, that what? must be it. It's spawning the return of 73-year-old Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! Man. At work, they when after they're done doing their stretches and stuff, they, they say, let's get two claps and a Ric Flair. And everybody does, woo! No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Two claps and a Ric Flair. Yeah. Here's the deal. I, I hate your work environment, but that sounds awesome. I hate it as well. And uh, the two claps in the Ric Flair make me hate it more. No, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. bump you up a little. No. Oh and wow! I've I mean, never in my life actually sat down and watched wrestling for more than like four minutes. No kidding, Dan. No. Like even even when you was a youngster. I no. No kidding. Wow. I just was like, no. I just <laughs> you, there was some greasy mans in there wrestling about, Dan, and you didn't say is this for me. <laughs> I had things to do. I used to tune in every Friday night for SmackDown. No kidding. Yeah. You were you were all in. I was in. I loved it. Did you ever go to one live? No. Well, I. Uh, m- funny thing is, my parents didn't really care for me watching wrestling yep. very much. They yep. uh, didn't like the violence of it. And uh, so when I was, I don't know, eighth grade, I had a pal who had uh, box seats at uh, Wells Fargo Whoa. to go see uh, WrestleMania or whatever down at Wells Fargo. Yeah, That's serious. And uh, yeah, and he said, hey, you want to come with? And I said... That would be sweet, but then I would have to fess up to my mom. Say, "Hey, I've been watching. I've been watching wrestling. I'm really into it. Can I go with this friend?" And so I didn't do it. Oh, you said it's it's too much to overcome. It's too much. I'm not going to do it. I must keep my secret. I did. I did. I kept it. Now wait, Nathaniel. I think seem to recall a, a recent show where I'm like, I asked, "Do you are you a secret keeper, uh, or, or like, do you have any kind of secrets?" And I think you said no. I don't know. But you've been holding on to this wrestling business for quite a while. Yeah. I Well, let me just uh, come out right now. <laughs> Look right into the camera. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Shelly Carson. I love wrestling. Wow. Do you, st- do you still love it? Uh, I haven't watched it in many moons, but I think I could probably get back into it. You say it's quick. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. Now, would you be embarrassed if you were watching wrestling and your wife came in and caught you watching wrestling? No, in fact, I've told my wife that uh, uh, wrestling is my love language. <laughs> uh, like wink, wink wrestling. No, like no, wrestling? no. Like actually, <laughs> like, like stop right here. <laughs> no, <laughs> not no. Welcome no, back from Zimbabwe, Dan. <laughs> no, no winks about it. Okay, okay. Just wrestling. Okay, I mean, you could do the wink, wink. That is your wife. <laughs> That's true. You but... might say, "I'll take both" or something. <laughs> okay, then you say, "Woo." <laughs> <laughs> you have to do the two claps though. <laughs> two claps in the woo and Ric Flair. Okay, you get back to me. I don't want to tell all the details, but just tell me how the last part went. Okay. Uh, all right. You've cheated death over and over. Uh, you've survived a plane crash and a broken back, and you've consumed enough liquor to sink a ship. Really, quite a few ships, and yet you're still here. You've entertained millions. You've been featured in viral hip hop videos, and everyone knows your signature woo. <laughs> 
This is so lame. Uh, you've also found your own son dead of a drug. Oh shoot, took a turn. <laughs> dead of dead of a drug Ouch. overdose. I cannot imagine the pain. The question is, why are you still here? Why did you come back from the dead several times? Is it so you could perform in the ring one more time? I recently read that five years ago you were on life support for two weeks and intensive care for one month. You were given a fifteen percent chance of survival, but here you are, not just alive but ready to wrestle again. Why? You said to ESPN, God gave me a gift. I almost feel like he wants me to do this last match. Why bring me back from so much? I can answer that question for you. God brought you back from so much and kept you alive because he wants to bring you to himself. He's giving you a chance to repent, meaning to turn your life around with his help and to come to know him personally. Now, wait a minute. How do we know that he's not a Jesus man? You think he's just facetiously saying God gave me a gift? I feel like he wants me to wrestle at 73? Like, yeah, like Seems a little judgmental there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, I knew, I'll tell you, God didn't bring you back for this match, but he said you should you should repent because you are not a Jesus man. I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe there's other indications that he, it sounds like he might have struggled earlier in life. I uh, mean, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, he says, in Bible, Paul put it like this. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see this? Kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. Do you feel the weight of those words, Ric Flair? Mm-hmm. You haven't received what you deserved. The Lord has been very kind to you. But it's for a purpose, full colon. His kindness is intended to bring you to repentance, to bring you to a brand new life. The same Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's standards in the penalty. Okay, we got that part. Would you agree that you have fallen short too? Back in the 1970s, Billy Graham appeared on the Johnny Carson show. If my memory serves me correctly, Carson said something like, Reverend Graham, I'm ashamed to say that I can't remember all of the Ten Commandments. Graham replied, yes, but you've broken all of them. Here's the deal. I do like Billy Graham. I find him, I find some of his kids annoying, but uh, I tell you this: I find Billy Graham a winsome character. Yeah, I feel like he's just he's just got away with people, and like I, he gets a, here's the, it's okay gets away aren't, aren't the words that I'm looking for, but like Billy Graham was able to do things in such a way that if some other guy tried to do them today, you'd be like, okay, stop, <laughs> right? Like this right. is shallow. This is for your own kingdom. Uh, I don't like any of this, but like. Billy Graham was the first, like, I like, I, I, he's not the first guy, right? But like, he was very successful at it, at, at, at kind of the turn of how, in our day and age, you might think about using uh, entertainment or like big crowds and things like that. So it's yeah. slightly different than the than the other revivals and things that were happening before him, you know. Um, but he just did it in such a way that it didn't feel so skeezy, and I don't know why. Maybe I just got a soft spot for the man. I don't know. Yeah, and no, I've I've always agreed I mean, because then you know if. I wouldn't do some of the things he did. I mean, I know his heart was right and he meant right. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, at the invitation time, he'd already have hundreds of pe- people coming down, but they were like the workers. But people assumed, oh, they're making decisions. I better go too. Right. You know? Right. It's like, that's 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 kind of manipulative. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean. I, anyway. Yeah. So. Right. But, it, but I agree with you. I, I mean, the guy just seems he's in a different level. He's, yeah. And 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 it happened and seemed to do it in such a way that like. Like he's he's a uh, everybody's more complicated than you want it to be, right? Maybe he's the guy who still lived in the ninety thousand dollar house and never moved from it. That's awesome, but like it does feel like there's a bit of a manipulation in the people moving forward. And like he probably wouldn't explain it that way. He said, "Look, people are afraid, and so like if other people yeah. moving forward get gets them to say something that they wanted to do but were too scared. If that was the thing holding them back, then we made it easy for them to do it." I'm like, "Well, I mean, okay, I don't know." Uh, anyway, I don't know. Billy Graham seems to get away with things that, uh, at least in my mind, that other people can't. Anyway, could the same be said about you? What about you? What about you shall not commit adultery? How have you managed with that one? 
Okay, yeah, this guy's really got away with people. To repeat, <laughs> all of us have sinned and violated God's commands, and all of us deserve death in this world and the world to come, but it's not the end of the story. Rather than condemn us all to hell, God sent his son. Uh, I don't want to say blah, blah, blah over this part, but he's really putting me in a pickle. Uh, he sent his son Jesus to die in our place. Can you imagine a love that great? We sinned, and Jesus, who was perfect and innocent, died for our sins. That's what we call grace, amazing grace. This is not a myth, Rick, <laughs> or just some religious story. It's the absolute God's honest truth. Uh, okay, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to see if he comes. In 19... Okay, no, that's blah, blah, blah. That's his return. Millions of people around the world love you. This is the end. Run you and admire you. I'm sure many of them have been praying for you, too. So what will it be, Rick? This is God's message to you. Woo! Woo <laughs> I don't... I don't... I don't... It's not like what he said was untrue. Right. I just... It just feels... It feels like it's not for Ric Flair. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Like, you tell me you don't know how to get a hold of Ric Flair. He's at 73 years old. He's a bit of a has-been. You tell me you don't send some, you want to invite him on your podcast or, like, send him a letter. He going to get it. And he's probably going to read it personally. All the people that might have read it for him 20 years ago ain't around anymore. Right. He's going to read it. And so send the man a note if you want to. This is, this, I hate, this is posturing. And I, like... I don't know, even if he said, here's an example of what I might say to Ric Flair uh, so that you people can figure like, here's what it looks like to share the gospel within the context of everyone we may agree that we know. And so you can see how it might relate to them. Okay, maybe. But like uh, this just this just felt arrogant to me. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But it just I don't like it. Nathaniel, have you ever written a letter to, like uh, trying to convince like written? It doesn't have to be a letter, letter and email trying to convince someone to love and follow Jesus. No. Dan, have you done that? Um, I don't think so. Not especially a public letter. Yeah. Well yeah. certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me write a letter to the editor here. Just yeah. in case Samantha's listening. That's right. <laughs> Samantha needs Jesus. <laughs> for all the rest of you guys, you know, be praying forcefully. Tune in. Hmm. Okay. Let's let's uh let's let's talk Zimbabwe. So so Dan, you've been let's let's reset the scene. Yeah. How did you get hooked up with uh trips to them with the mission work in Zimbabwe? Okay. Yeah, it it all started on part of, of a preacher group and uh on fa- on Facebook and uh several years ago, uh, a guy threw out there, "Hey, uh we got this new scholarship in we have a Bible college in Africa, in Zimbabwe. For $100, you can pay for an African Bible college student's room and board and tuition. And, um, you know, he just threw it out there to the group. And, and I read that and thought, man, that, that sounds fascinating to me. Somewhere along there, like in the previous few years prior to that, I'd read and heard and people discuss that, that like, God's really doing something in Africa. They really believe the yep. future of like the Holy Spirit moving, like conferences I've been to, that, like how God has blessed certain places for a while, then they screw up, like America. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, we, obviously we're still here and we have Jesus and everything, but but like the real happening stuff's starting to move to Africa. Yep. And uh, I thought, wow, uh, that's really exciting. I don't want to go to Africa, right? I mean, I don't. It's like I don't want to be a missionary. Like I mean, that's that's not my thing. Yep. I thought, but man, I have a hundred bucks, and if I can. Help someone who already knows the culture, who already knows the language, mm-hmm. who just wants to share Jesus. That sounds way more effective than me going over there. Yep. And so I started doing that. Yep. And uh, then a few months later, uh, I, I met this guy at a, at a conference, a missions conference. 
And he he's like the director of uh, Hippo Valley Christian Mission in in uh, Zimbabwe. And we're talking, and he says, hey, yeah, just, just come to Africa sometime. And I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, that's why I'm doing this scholarship thing. <laughs> and he goes, I'll just come. It's, you know, what, 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 come on, we got a group going in six months. Just jump on that team. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, like, it'd be cool to have the church doing some missions. I thought, so my daughter, Shanna, and I, we, we, we jumped on board. And uh, we thought, okay, if, if, if I want to do it, I'm going to observe with someone else before I, like, take someone somewhere. Yep. And uh, absolutely 100% fell in love with the people there when, when we got there. Um, it, I mean, it was nothing like I expected. Um, I, you know, I think I, I think I watched like too many Tarzan movies or something. I thought even just the, the, the geography, I mean, everything, you know, just the, yeah. I, I just figured it was going to be all jungle or something. And it's like, I don't know that. And yeah, no, no, it's not. <laughs> at least not where uh, we are um, working. And um yeah, fell in love with it, and then we started going, and now we go every year. We take a team every year, yep. and uh, we have relationships there, different pastors, different uh, uh, people within the organization, the Hippo Valley teachers. They have schools and churches and uh, clinics and things like that, health clinics. Yep. And, um, yeah, so so we go back. We do revivals. A lot of the things that worked really well here in the 70s and 80s um, uh, in America work really well there now, mm-hmm. uh, like the old, old-fashioned revivals and, and, and that type of thing. So we go do VBS and, and revivals, and, and people come out of the woodwork by the hundreds, hundreds. Uh, why do you think that is? Like, why like, – I don't know if that's a if, – if maybe it's easier to explain it like yeah. our culture's response to those things or their culture's response to those things, but why does it feel like those types of things work? Well, partly because we're there, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Zimbabwe was under British rule uh, until, was it what, the 80s, 70s, 80s, when they had their big war. And um, since that time, there's been less and less white people there. And and so there's a whole generation of people that like have never seen white people, especially when we go out into the rural areas. Oh, yeah. And so we got a group of white people show up. Uh, it's it's uh, they're they're curious. The, the kids they want to feel your skin and see if like you like are we leather like what's, <laughs> like they, like what's are we sick? They don't know what's wrong with us. We just look goofy, right? And and so some people come just because of that. It's extremely uh, poverty uh, ridden place, and, and so some people come because they know we have things, we have food, we'll feed people. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Have gifts and stuff. Yeah. Um, and some people just uh, not not in a like. I want to get wealthy thing, but but in a man, I sure would like to eat. That'd be cool. Right, right. Um, we, we've had some people. I don't know, two or three years ago, and and they were we we talked to them afterwards, and they were like they hadn't had protein in like two months. Oh man! And we had like chicken. We bought a bunch of chicken set that day, and and, and so you know, think it, there's multiple things like that. Uh, and there's a church network there, so they get all excited because they know we're coming. So they roll people up, and then they tell them things are coming and, and you know people see us walking through town and it attracts crowds <laughs> like a uh, beacon of whiteness <laughs> it, yeah it is it's really it's really bizarre i will i'll we'll drive by a school if they're out for recess and i'll just wave out the the door of the car yeah and they'll come screaming running to the fence huh you know like oh you know like right. i don't you know I, I don't know what they expect but but uh <laughs> it, it is it is kind of rock star uh type of thing mm-hmm. And so we figured, well, if, if we're the gimmick, so to speak, if people yeah. want to see us, we're the sideshow, we're the circus show, and they get to hear the gospel, maybe maybe that's what the Billy Graham stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, then, I, okay, that, that's cool. I don't, yeah. I don't mind. Um, 
so that that's that's how we got going. It was totally by accident. Totally by accident. It was not a goal. Uh, it wasn't like, hey, I wanted to go to on mission trips to every single continent. You know, I have no desire to do that. Right. Uh, I know a lot of people do mission trips because they just want to have bucket list. You know. Yep. And, and they want to just go visit the world. And I think ah, you're doing that. I, that just I I just don't feel good about that. Yep. Um. And, and so yeah, I'm I'm just big. I'm, we have one place. We're focused there. We have relationships. We're we're building depth. Every year we go back, we build more depth. And um, God's gonna keep me going as long as I can. I don't know how long I can go. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I hope I have several good years left in me for that. And, and would you say that there is something about? Because I think one of the risks, and and I believe we've talked about this before, and maybe even after either Mike or I came back from from Ethiopia, or you were mm-hmm. back from Zimbabwe, is that like. I think there's a hesitation in what you were getting out just a minute ago, which what feels like mission tourism. Like, yeah, let's yeah. take the youth group. They're going to wander around just outside in a, in some safe area outside yeah. Mexico City and, and help. We're in a zip line. Yeah, yeah, and serve a meal and then go back and say, oh well, we got to, we got to see it. And that yeah. something feels icky about that. Yeah, you get to pat yourself on the back. I've really served the world. And yeah, yeah. and and these things aren't cheap either. Like you're having yeah. to raise money to to fly mm-hmm. out there. Uh, and there's 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 expenses, you know, to get in and out of the country and and all that stuff. And so like, um, you know, there's there's something about what you were talking about, which is like the scholarship that helps fund people in their own places mm-hmm. to do those types of things. But would you also say like it does sound like there is still something that we are contributing? It's not just taking from a culture to come and observe it. There's something about someone from outside that culture that helps provide energy mm-hmm. and um, I-, I don't know, maybe even appreciation for people who are doing the work to have someone that comes in from outside. Like, yeah. would you feel like like there is a value that is still in that? Yeah, for coming. One hundred percent. There, there, there really is. Uh, it's convinced me, especially as I keep going back. We we did a number of revivals this this time and vacation Bible schools um, simultaneously. And um, at the end of one of the revivals, there was a, an older lady who stood up at the end and, and, and thanked us for coming and, and talked about how valuable it was. Because mm-hmm. some, some 30 years earlier, she had made a, a decision at a similar type of revival. Some missionaries had come, and, and she made a decision then. And there she still was, uh, very highly involved and in uh, leadership, even in her church. And in the, she did some of the singing and stuff. And, and she said, "This is this is so important." And we had a ton of people that that uh, accepted Christ while we were there. Uh, baptisms going on, and and people repenting of sin, and and um, uh, ju- it was just an amazing time. And a lot of that was because we were there. Um, it it's, it does provide the energy, and it's, it's it's the old thing, you know. We've come more than seventy five miles, so we're experts, you know? <laughs> right? It was right. a Peter pastors would come up and ask me questions about, you know, we did a little Q and A time at one point. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, dorky Dan. You know, nobody here cares what I think. You know, <laughs> you might know me as Deuteronomy Dan, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but there, they, they, we, we did, we did street evangelism one one day, which is like totally. We don't. I did it in the '80s here. I mean, you would yeah. jump to just doors and knock on the door and say, "Hey, can I tell you about Jesus?" Yeah. Um. Uh. Over on over by the fairgrounds in in Des Moines, Iowa, we our little church there. We were going around neighborhoods. Uh, my wife and I did that, but um. So I haven't done that for forty years or however <laughs> right. you know long. Uh, and, and they say, okay, uh, we're, we're going to not have a session. We're just going to go out to the neighborhoods. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, it, it was, it was the whole that whole that was fascinating. 
Uh, we, that, that culture is so much different than ours. Yeah. Uh, we had a little group of people, and, and there was a couple of the pastors and, and me and some other people, uh, and, and like they, they'd walked up to a construction site. They're building a house, and they're, they're laying the brick, and he goes, I'd like to tell you about Jesus. And, and like the whole crew stops, huh. and, and they start listening. And the guy pulls out a Bible and starts preaching to them. <laughs> And, and and I'm going like this, this like and they're all just they're listening like yeah this yeah. works nowhere here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's exactly. no way <laughs> exactly um, and I you know they're talking they speak Shona there, yeah and so I don't know what they're saying or anything and and one of the guys would everyone's well, whisper to me he said blah 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 you know, you know but, but yeah. you know we were just on the side uh, and it was just it just blew me away they, and then they just go into people's backyards and hey can we tell you about Jesus were well, you sure you know they had, they were sitting on their little blanket in the backyard and then the kids would roll you know come yeah. around. And, and we had a bunch of those conversations. Well, then one of the guys were like, why, why don't you do one? And I'm like, I said, Here, here's the deal. Uh, I, I'm more than happy to. I'll, I'll, I'll have conversation. I said, but you guys, you guys, this is your world. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm here and they're going to see me and, and, and I'm doing my thing. But but uh, you know what to say. You know where they're at. You know, you know, I, I whatever I said made more sense than what I'm saying now. But <laughs> but he's, and he looked at me and said, but you're the teacher. And I thought. Wow, I mean, it was like you guys are the teachers too. Yeah, right, you, right. You're you know, you're doing you're the it right now. Here. I'm 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 the visitor. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so you know, I did some stuff, but um, uh, it's weird to be looked at at that way. So so even with within their leadership, they looked at us like, oh, you know, wow, they're missionaries yep. from the states, and and so it adds a little bit of I don't know credibility to what they're doing yep. and saying. Yeah, and some of those people we talked to came came to the revival. You know, nice. Later, um, I would be. Do you have any concern, like just just doing doing street evangelism or just kind of being around that? That like um, the the things that you're teaching would be received like oddly in the culture in a way that you wouldn't have anticipated. Like I mm-hmm. like I would just just thinking about stuff that we might touch on in a given Sunday. What I would teach around here, and you're talking about a persecution or like mm. you know maybe you're hammering home on on certain things because you're like well you know our struggle our culture struggles with that like were there was there anything in your mind where you thought like i wonder if this is actually the weight that i might give it or the way i might talk about it would be would be foreign to them um i mean i mean yeah they 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 have they have different issues you, you know they 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 have witch doctors they have mm. uh, ancestral worship they have and we largely uh, skip those we're like okay no one's doing witchcraft here yeah yeah it's like <laughs> I, so I, don't, I don't even know how to address that like <laughs> right. like you know stop rape, raping three month old women because you think you're going to be cured of AIDS you know right like, right you, you know um it's like that isn't but you know I, I don't I don't have that filter here I don't think of things like that right. Um, so, so that's why I really, I told them, I said, I, I really think it's better if you guys do, do the talking the, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the speaker. Tell them, Hey, come and hear the American speak. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll be that. But, uh, I, I just think it's more valuable, more effective if yep. you do. And I probably disappointed them. And like I said, threw some few things in, uh, we had one of our team members with it was with another group and he did all kinds of talking to people oh, nice. and, and, um, I thought, well, that's cool, but also I don't know that anybody like suddenly jumped on their knees and repented, and and, and, and right, you know. So uh, he was bold. That's impressive. Was it effective? I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He, they were by uh, uh, some type of uh, drinking establishment. I don't know if they call it a bar or something there, but but uh, there there were some people drinking, and and it was pretty hot out that day. And uh, he's like, hey, I'll buy everybody a soda. You guys want a soda? Sure. So he took the team over and bought him a soda. And there was a guy there and says, buy me a beer. 
And, and, and my guy's like, well, I, I can't, it was kind of like a, a Peter, you know, on, on walking away from the temple that day. It was like, well, I don't have money for, for beer, but I can give you Jesus, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. So, <laughs> like, okay, that's really clever. But I don't know. <laughs> I was kind of thinking he'd offer a bargain. I say, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a beer. If you'll listen to me talk for about five minutes oh. <laughs> with deal, <laughs> but, but see, they listen anyway. I, All right. I, I mean, <laughs> save the beer. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, it was a cool. It was. It was cool that that was a very foreign thing. Even though I've done it here, but it's been so long. Yeah. It was hard to get over my own uh, thoughts of the reactions that people would have here. I mean, I mean, you just just go ahead and try to go to a construction site here and say, "Hey, guys, fellas, can you just stop for a few minutes?" And I would like to preach to you. That's right. You know? Gosh, <laughs> I can just imagine the words I'd hear that my poor ears had never heard before. Which is, you know, what's so interesting though is it is it does mean that if you think about um, our own context, is that. We are uniquely being from America. You are attuned to what Americans will tolerate, mm-hmm. and like you could send one of them them poor fellows from Zimbabwe over to a, a construction site here, and like they're gonna. I don't. I don't think we're just gonna be gracious just because it's a foreigner. Like yeah. in fact, it, yeah. it depends on where you're at, but it might go very poorly. Yeah. And so like um, the the notion of what of what maybe we would need the skills you need to have to try to reach an American culture are slightly different. Like the, the Mm. Americans are just, they're past it. They, they don't, they feel like you're trying to sell them anything and they're out. And so like Mm -hmm. the, the amount of it's, I'm I'm thinking about even from apologetics standpoint, the types of things that you would feel like you have to depend, defend apologetically about scripture, about God, about whatever in our culture are probably not the same things that people are struggling with in Zimbabwe. They're not arguing as to whether, like, we're still arguing whether there's even any spirituality anywhere, whether whether God is even real, whether spirits are real. And they're like, oh, heck yeah, they're real. As a matter of fact, that one, uh, you know, took over my cousin yeah. and caused them to burn him. Right. And so you tell me how Jesus, who Jesus, you tell me how Jesus solves that. Like, that's a way different conversation that we're having here. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Which is, Nathaniel, you're, you, are, you are suited for evangelism in the American context. It's true. It's time to get on, kind of get on board and do it. That poor Zimbabwe. In fact, actually, I would be encouraged if one of those guys came over here. Because, and I would. I, first of all, I'm taken in by accents. You find me a, a, a uh-huh. British man, I assume he's smarter than me. Uh, but like, listen, remember, because Zebedee was here. So he was, he came on the show and we talked to him and it was super encouraging to listen to him. And like, a guy like that, uh, not only is he like, he's full of wisdom anyway, because he's just been doing that for a long time, but like, it feels like he's 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 battle worn, yeah. And from doing work in that culture, which may not actually translate to what you would do in America, but it's encouraging to see because you know that where God has people doing work for Jesus here, He's got the other parts of the world covered too. And right. it is encouraging to listen to a man look at the world with what are probably his normal eyes, but feel like fresh eyes to me. Yeah, because yeah. he sees a different world, and some of it'll translate, and and some of it won't necessarily. But it is encouraging mm-hmm. for that. I, I always have people worry that I'm going to like stay there sometime or move yeah. there sometime. You're going to retire and go there someday. I'm like, I, I'm that's that's just, I'm just not. I would not be nearly as effective if I lived there, right? As if I I play the role that I do go yep. for a couple of weeks. Uh, but, but I don't know that I'm all that effective here, but at least I, I know how to do church work. <laughs> you know, right, you know, right. I, I know how to make the organization, you know, uh, yep. function and, and, and the 
the organization is reaching people. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, here, um, so, yeah. 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 Which is different than like, I don't know, hey, I, I want to move to Brazil and I'm just going to call myself a missionary because, you know, I moved to Brazil. It's a little yeah. bit cheaper. And, I think it's uh, cool there. I attend yeah. church there. Yeah. 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 Okay. We had, so we had this, this Q night, a time with some, some pastors. Yeah. Right. And, and like the, the issue, pastor issues there are very different than, mm. than here. Um, what, what there, there, there's this cultish, um, I, I've heard it said before but I can, they always say it so fast i really don't know i need to like see it in print i don't know what it's called yeah it's the middle of it you know and i'm like ah, right you know <laughs> so anyway but they they're all in white yep and, and they're off on, on the side of the road off in the bushes somewhere the brush and and they'll they they're extremely dedicated not not to jesus but to whatever it is they're dedicated to uh, usually it's the guru guy that's leading it and and like but they're there like through typhoons like they don't leave they're there's like extremely committed to, to, to their, their yeah. thing and one of the pastors there was like my, he says my 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 wife doesn't come to my church um and first i'm like well that's really that's really rough. He's, he's, she's one of them oh one of those oh. people i'm like oh that's just went up a whole different level yeah right you know? and he's like what do i do you know and i thought well, I mean, what I, what I said was, well, first of all, you can you can preach a lot of people to Jesus. You know, we're, we're walking around, it was, you know, pre- preaching to people, we're talking to construction workers. I said, you will never be able to preach your wife to Jesus or your children. You can't preach your family to Jesus. You, you've got to be authentically a Christ follower at home. They, 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 they see beyond your words. Yep. You know, and anyway, we had that conversation and... Um, I, I don't know if that was helpful to him or, or, or not. Right. But... Uh, uh, like I don't know if I've ever talked to an American pastor who has that, something like that going on. <laughs> That's right. Uh, maybe my wife isn't as interested, or she likes to be, you know. But 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 right. Not like she's a she's a priestess in a different religion or something. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a different uh, ball game for sure. What what that, that's interesting, or what what kind of other things are like they dealing with pastorally that are different, or do you feel like are distinct? Yeah yeah yeah. I, I mean, part of it is like uh, um, distinctive to this particular mission is, is that they're working on a, pr- a process of we've been supporting them financially, all the pastors for for since the mission has been in existence for however many decades. And they're trying to wean them off and say it's time that you become self-supporting, and and that your churches support you, and yeah. so we can plant more churches, you know. Yep. And uh, they're so they're they're frightened. Mm-hmm. Um, it's new, that part of life gets new, you know. Part of it is they're they're encouraging them that well maybe you can um, have a second type of job, you know, a career you can do do both, whether it's raising livestock or. Uh, we're going to help them like invest even like, Hey, buy, we'll buy you this machine to make peanut butter. Then you can sell peanut butter, you know, right. that, that kind of thing. Um, a peanut butter making machine. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. There's all <laughs> kinds of little things like that. They're, they're working with little fish hatchery things and, and, and chicken coops and, and all these different little things to help uh, the pastors. But, but it's like, you got to want to, to do that. Yeah. Right. You know, it's easy for me to say, well, why don't you just make peanut butter? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm not a, a salesman, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe that's not my thing, you know. Right. So, well, we've got to, you know, figure out how to help them. So they're they're they're, they're afraid. That's I, that's the point. Yeah. Um, and and I tried to relieve them, like say, well, you know, th- there's some things you can teach your your congregation. I mean, in scripture, there are examples of people in extreme poverty, even that that were very generous, and and part of the living in the kingdom is generosity, and so part of that's teaching your congregation what that means. You yeah. Know? Um, 
not not just to pay your salary, but to, gener- to be generous people. Yeah, and, right, right. You know, uh, but part of that comes back and pays your salary. So yeah, uh, so you know things like things like that. It was it was. Um, on their on their hearts for sure. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, um, w- was there anything about this trip? Because uh, th- this would, this would be time three, four, uh, four at least. Four, yeah, yeah. So, um, is anything that felt like unique or distinct in this trip to Zimbabwe compared to the other times that you were there? It, it was it was much heavier. Uh, 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 emphasis on evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the revivals were evangelistic sermons, uh, uh, talking about you know the need to repent from sin and and the fact that we have sin and, and the need to have that forgiven given and and so every sermon had that flavor to it. And they do the old uh, school invitations, which uh, yep. churches do here too. But, but I, mean, I haven't done it for twenty years, you know. Yeah. Um, like that. Um, and so we had invitation uh, songs uh, at the end of each uh, sermon, and 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 people just poured poured forward every, every single time. We had people come forward to to accept Christ, and there were baptisms going on. We went down to the river after the first, the very first. Uh, First uh, two sermons, uh, we we had a break. Uh, we had thirteen people come uh, forward, and um, I don't know. They were speaking amongst themselves. The, the show in showing us. I don't know. What they were yep. saying, and all of a sudden they said, "All right, we're headed to the river." And, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> They've negotiated a baptism? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, which was cool." Um, and so all of a sudden we all take off, and and we're I don't know. It's a quarter mile or something to, to the river. Now, this is, okay, we planted a church three years ago. Yep. And it, there's a river between it. What we did was this first revival was at the, like the, the, the mother church of that one. I thought, I, I didn't know anything about them. I thought, well, let's go bless them. Yeah. Because we took some of their people and, and it'll be kind of a cool thing because there's this river that's in the middle and it's, it's full of hippopotamuses and, and crocodiles and, and, and the people literally, you know, actually die there. Right. So they yeah. have to, the people from the two towns have to cross but from the, the name's Cheche Che, uh, yeah. uh, would have to cross in the Zangudza is where we were what at. What does Cheche Che mean? I don't know. It's just the oh. name of their town. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and, and, and so there were several months of the year they can't because the river's high, too high. Yep, and it's too dangerous. Um, and and so what was I saying there? That that and point being that river is kind of dangerous. Yeah, and we're headed down there to do baptisms, and and then it was kind of it was just a cool thing to be a part of that. Um, we, we were, uh, not equipped. Like we didn't, we, we spent the night there, so <clears throat> we didn't bring enough like clothes. We didn't have all of our stuff with us. So we couldn't like, uh, cause, cause I was gonna, hopefully going to be able to baptize some. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it just didn't work out. And, they, and one of the other guys had asked one of our, our other preacher to, to baptize them and, and it just, it just didn't work. Um, I, I mean, I was willing to go in my suit. I didn't care to buy a new suit, you know? Yeah, right, right. Cause you know, <laughs> but it was just. You know they had it all set up, so yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't interfere, um, and and I, I didn't want to be also be uh, kind of the whole like Apostle Paul. I'm just glad I didn't baptize in you guys, you, right? You, you know, it's like nobody said, well, I was baptized by Paul. You didn't you want know. the Apollos. <laughs> we had the white guy baptize me. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I also was not wanting that to be senior ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but that was cool seeing all that take place, and and even when we were there, more people wanted to get baptized than had originally decided. It was just kind of a contagious spirit. They they take the little djembe down to the to the water, and they start you know drumming and singing, and each time someone's baptized and. And um, were, it's they, just really were cool. they playing any of the 1980s Christian hits? Like, do you recognize these tunes? Uh, 
at that point they didn't but like they would sing like um um oh now i can't think of some of the old hymns they actually yeah. sing some of the old hymns and i could sing along you know in english yeah because uh, i could tell and the, the, the tune's just a hair different yeah but i, I can tell it's the same one yeah you, you know uh, and the timing syncopation's a little bit slightly different um but uh yeah so that, that's kind of cool so yeah it was very very different that way uh we went to, to, to three different churches in the, in the middle of the week we did a, one out in the very rural area and uh they same thing had decisions for christ there's no water around there so they, they you know planning and plotting a baptism on that and, and um then at some point after several hours, they, they said, well, uh, you know what? You guys, Americans, you're, you're, you're free to go to bed. I know we got a big day tomorrow, doing more VBS and everything. And we're going to, we're going to continue on. And I thought, okay, whatever. And, and so we left, uh, it turns out they, they all night long, they were singing and dancing and hooting and howling and, and beating <laughs> those drums and praying and worshiping, uh, literally all night long. And, uh, I don't know it was probably six o'clock the next morning they started uh, dispersing to to walk back to their homes and where they had to go to work many had to work yeah uh, so because someone someone asked well they can't go take a nap like oh no they don't have time they can't they gotta their their chores whatever it is their right job is. right um so they they just were that pumped up and excited about everything um wow yeah yeah so it's kind of humbling because because you know like i mean well, you, you know me. I'm just me. You know, yeah. like it's just Ben. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, right. I mean, we're just whatever. You know, <laughs> but uh, to, to to think uh, this this group uh, was so excited that they they couldn't sleep. And wow, they, and, and they were dancing and yeah, just a, a kind of an interesting. You know, I like to observe church world, right? So we three different churches, and you know how different church. Every church has its own little personality. Yep. You, you know, that's just you can just you can kind of figure that out if if you've never figured that out. Think about it next time you go to a church. Um, and it was cool to be even in a different culture, and I could see the different personality of these three African churches. Yeah. The, the different um, way they sing. They all had joy. They all have, were all full of smiles, but but just a diff just a different flavor the, the the oldest church that we went to you could tell the relationships were longer and stronger and and there there was just this they they they, they start dancing and, and and then like it's almost like a jazz band or like a uh um when the instruments will sort of take off and do a solo you yeah. know and then back off and but it's kind of like that in dancing one person will jump forward and they'll do a thing then everybody starts doing what they're doing you know and then they back off then somebody else does some little foot move you know and they all yeah. start start uh, repeating it and and there was they were they were having fun with it and laughing and 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 interacting in such a way they were just so thrilled to be together you know how cool how cool is that yeah right um like and, it doesn't even feel like there's an equivalent in no. our culture for no, that. No, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Nope. I mean, like, I've been to cool worship experiences and stuff, and there's a few people that are doing whatever, raising hands and dancing or whatever, but it's nothing like this. Yeah, nothing, yeah. Nothing. I mean, the place clears out, and everybody comes forward, and they're all dancing hard, and uh, there's the church ladies. They, the, in, in this particular setting, they all they, they wear red, and, and, and it's it's their identity as their church. And you mean the community says, oh, I know what church you go to. Yeah. Kind of smells like us wearing our church T-shirts or something. <laughs> oh, right. Um and, and like usually, uh, one will just stand up and start singing, and all of a sudden the others, they all they're all in harmony, right? They all start jumping in, and then the dance, and then somebody picks up a drum, and somebody might start blowing a whistle, or you, you just don't know, or doing the, 
oh, you know, I right, can't right. do it correctly. Um, <laughs> and it, but it, but it's a pure joy, you know. Right. Um, like then, so that was like the, the one that had been around the longest. The church plant we had three years ago, they were doing some of the same things, but you could tell the relationships weren't as long yet. You know, you know, they've only been a church for three years. Yeah. Um. So they didn't have like decades of of you know life together yet. Um. Uh, so they're like little little earlier on in the road, and then the the middle one was like a a mountain. The one that was all night long. Yeah. That was like a up in the mountains. Um. Poorer people, less educated people, um, so it just had a different flavor to it. But still, the joy, still yep. the excitement. Well, sang and danced all night long, yeah, right? You know? <laughs> so it was just kind of cool to, to see the differences and, and have equal respect for all of them, and, and uh, as they did for us. So yep, that's, that's cool. Yeah, and so just maybe maybe as we as we round off, kind of your your thoughts on it. How can um, how can folks in the states support and or pray for the not like the the what other Christians are going through, what what God is doing in places like Zimbabwe? Yeah, um, you you can be personally involved. Um, like like it, the, there's some great missions out there. Um, specifically, we have worked through Hippo Valley Christian Mission. And uh, they have like a, a living proof program. They call it. They take the poorest of African children who also uh, appear to have some potential. So they're 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 smart, but they're extreme poverty. So the chances of them being educated are really low. Yeah. Uh, after sixth grade, they're on. They have to start paying it on their own. And so they call it living proof. It's twenty dollars a month. You sponsor a child. And and what that does is that that buys their uniform. That's a big deal there, and their shoes, and and, and make sure they're they're educated. Yep. Um, but it also puts them part of this club that's in the school that's called the Living Proof Club, where they're learning scripture and and songs and and, and learn, just learning about God. Yep. Um, so which is really neat uh, because one of the people that came forward in that middle revival at, in the the, the, the all night place. Um, was a girl that my daughter sponsors has been sponsoring for like three or four years. Oh no kidding! And uh, it was like so cool that I have you know it was it was after, after my sermon and she was like four feet from me and she stood up and and uh, uh, had given her life to Christ and I think it, so yeah sure I had a sermon everything but it was all those little twenty dollars a month that my daughter's been paying all these years that has been uh, teaching her and and she's been learning about God uh, it just all clicked together at that moment. Um, what what that what that twenty dollars does is also helps them when they it'll help get them to college. Yep. Um, I mean it, it can literally change their their world um, forever. Um, and besides the Jesus part, so right um, you can do things like that because um, it's hard to like just oh, I'm going to pray for Kenya. Well, I don't even know what that means. Right. <laughs> you know, I, okay, I hope they have food. I mean, you, you right. know, so bless Kenya. Uh, right, 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 right. So what I like about this is we've been able we have actual personal relationships most churches have some connection somewhere in Africa somewhere yep. or in other you, you can you can contact the missionary uh, of your local church and uh, you know talk to the pastors or something that can connect you with someone and with social media we're in a third world country in absolute poverty places they all had cell phones oh yeah yeah and they have little solar panels that keep them charged the obama and, phones got there too nathaniel yep yep uh and and so i have like I've had all kinds of conversations uh, with African friends um, 
just on Facebook and mm-hmm. and WhatsApp, um, and, and I have to keep up going back and forth to see who how people are talking to me. Uh, we, we've we've been back now a few days, and like this Sunday, uh, two of the preachers sent me messages. No, three of all three did um, uh, of just how their churches were just filled to the brim. The, the oh, nice. Again, it's like it's still you know. So it's like we keep that relationship going. And yep. Um, anyway, yeah. So so you you can do it. You have you can take take a little effort, but once you get it going, it's it, you'll be hard to stop it. So yeah, uh, it, 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 it'll it'll be it'll take care of itself. But yeah, I take some initiative. I could totally see that, and I think like one of the things if you think about you know value, it feels odd to put it in the way I'm going to put it, but like how much that your money buys or the yeah. opportunity that it provides, I can. I mean, it cost it cost me one hundred thirty dollars to fill up my gas tank this last week, mm-hmm. like versus being able to help with probably multiple children's education for a month yeah, and yeah. uniform and whatever it is that they have to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, in fact, as a matter of fact, like uh, my family gives to, um, in, to, to some things in Pakistan where there, it's the same thing. It's like very impoverished children. And like, you have to start paying for your school and the uniform and you got to have the uniform and everything. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's 20 bucks, it's 20 bucks a month or 40 bucks a month or something. And like, it makes, that's a kid's education. Yep, and like I'd you'd lose that in the couch cushions over a year or something, you know. And right. so, um, you know, I, it's certainly there's things. Here's it: we are still in our own context. There's things to give money here, and it's not unvirtuous just because it's more expensive. It costs more to house a homeless guy in the United States than it does to house and upkeep someone somewhere else. And you can change a guy's life in Zimbabwe for what it costs to house a homeless guy in the United States. Yeah. You still give to the home, like we still figure out a way to help the homeless in the U.S. So like, it's, right. I'm not saying that, but like, you know, just just recognizing of like how little of of what we have so easily here can make a significant difference somewhere else like uh that's that's not that's not government's redistributing wealth that's that's god trying to balance um and and make sure that we are being thoughtful and caring for each other and the world to your point social media actually helps recognize that the world is both bigger and smaller yeah than what we realize yeah um it can actually be kind of exhausting because I have so many people now that, that are <laughs> and every time I go I get, I make new friends right yeah and uh, so it's hard to kind of keep up with with it all but it, but it's worth it it yep. really is and we, they're valuable human beings that like sometimes they're just saying hello yeah right right <laughs> hi, just hi doing? yeah I got I, I that guy from um uh who, who I interact with in Pakistan like I love this man he is just such a cool. He's, he's so much better at things than I am. Like he'll he'll check up on me and the and he asks about the church and asks about my family probably twice a month. Yeah. And like sometimes I don't get back to him for a week, week and a half. And I'm like, what what am I too busy to do? This guy is taking time out of his day to just check up on me and pray and like, I, it's just I they're better at it. Yep, yep. <laughs> they're better at it. Uh, okay, well, cool, Dan. Thank you for um, thanks for sharing your yeah. Here's Zimbabwe stories. That's I think fun. it's exciting. It's exciting. And I think there is a way, like, there certainly is a way to be, there's a way to help. There's a way to be of help and to be encouraged. And, like, that changes how, you know, what happens when you come back. Like, you see the world just a little bit deeper or broader than maybe what you did over time. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, you've been listening to Live from the Path. Hey, have you had, maybe if you've had some interesting kind of stories about doing um he's traveling work mission work um even short-term mission stuff um i'd love to i don't know be interested in hearing them maybe you've got some interesting things you want to share um 
you know, if you want to give us a call or send us a text on the Live from the Path Bob Eisenlauer complaint line, it's 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. Um, and we, I don't know, I'd just love to hear your story. And uh, I don't know if it's super interesting and uh, maybe we'll call you and you can come, you can tell it on the air and the other seven people who listen to the show can dig on that as well. <laughs> We'd love to share it. All right, let's do some uh, advice and then we'll uh, and then we'll call this a day. You ready, Nathaniel? Yes, sir. Okay, dear, live from the path. Mother-in-law's comments caught on doorbell camera. I recently made some unflattering comments about my uh, daughter-in-law to my son. They were recorded on their ring doorbell. Wait, wait, say again to, to about the daughter-in-law to her son. Yes. Okay, got it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like standing on their front porch, mom looks to looks to son. And says something unflattering about the wife. Your wife has big lips. <laughs> and it was recorded by the ring doorbell. Now she's angry with me and my son. And I'm not sure I will ever see the grandchildren again. Well, what the heck did you say? <laughs> oh, that just took a turn. <laughs> wow. When I emailed her an apology. <laughs> this, is Mike, this is why Mike has to do this. She said she didn't know if she could ever forgive me. She will see my husband, but I am not allowed over there if she will be around. She will see, oh, see my husband, see the the grandpa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought she was like, she yeah. will see her own husband. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Her son. Yeah, okay. Uh, I did the same thing. Any words of wisdom as to what to do? We've always helped them out with the children and sometimes financially. Oh, mercy. Should my husband tell her if I'm not welcome, then he feels the same way? Okay, that's tricky. I know he feels caught in the middle between me and the whole situation. What do you think, fellas? Okay, let's start start with start with the wife or start with the mom, grandma, mamish, grandmish, and then then I want to get to the dude. What should the dude do? So let's start with the mom. I don't know. Probably call her and apologize instead of just sending some lousy email. Uh, she's probably not gonna pick up the phone though. So kind of tough. Yeah, I think, I think she needs to take her out for dinner or coffee or something and say we just we need to have a face to face and uh, and grovel and just say I, I was I was completely wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, I mean we all who hasn't thought something terrible about someone I, and I said it out loud. Yes, I happens. Mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. it was a weak moment. Yeah, yeah. I would say face to face. Like it's going to take. It would be a monumental amount of stubbornness for you to show up like even like two or three times and her to say no every time. Yeah, I think, I think, I think she's gonna relent. Um, but she's making you pay for a little bit, and you might deserve that. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, it's unfortunate that there, I mean, one that you, whatever it is you thought, two that uh, you said it and it was recorded. Three, she seems to be going back watching these videotapes. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> um, but either way, I mean, you got you got caught stealing cookies. You're just gonna have to cop to it. Like I just no no I don't want to hear this. We supported you financially, business. You shut your mouth yeah, on that. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. you don't bring it up. It's not it's not your concern. You're just wrong. Be wrong, holy, in <laughs> oh. its entirety. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so we're basically saying, look, you you just got to own the whole thing. Grovel, apologize, wait it out. I mean, I, I would give it a quite a long time uh, before you kind of cut cut ties. But even then, I wouldn't be angry about it. like she's she might maybe she's overreacting. But we wouldn't be in this position had you not started it. So I think you're going to have to deal with that particular yeah. thing. All right. So now let's say it's not resolving easily. It's a it's a rough go. What does the dad do? Does he does he say, "Hey man, if my wife's not can't come, I won't come. I won't come see the kids either." What a weird spot to be in. 
Oh, the dad, as in as in the 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 mom's husband. Yes, yeah, I dad, grandpa, the son, okay. Grand, grampy, daddy. Well, I, I mean, yeah, you you, you got to be unified in this thing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's just so many ways you can misuse the grandkids there, and and that is risky. It does seem risky. Yeah, yeah. And the son, the son. I think the son needs to step up and say, "Here's the deal, guys. You you guys need to figure this out. Yeah, we're family, and families say sometimes people hurt each other. We we this needs to get resolved. Yeah, we have a long years and years of bitterness if we don't get this figured out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not that it's not the grandpa grampy daddy's job to sort this out. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. even there. He he's just he was just, he was bowling. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, this is the sons to work out. Now, let's in the interim. I think it's. I it, this gets trickier the longer it goes. But like, I would say that if she won't allow, it's not a punishment for the dude not to show up. But he's like, if my wife's not invited, like, what am I supposed to do? Go like unless the unless the 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 mammy grammy says, yeah, I want you to go and see the kids. But like, you know. I, I think I would just say, look, I, I'm I I, reg- I really regret that we're not welcome, and uh, I would I would love to see this worked out as fast as possible because I miss my son and I miss you and I miss my grandkids, and mm-hmm. so I want you guys to work that out. That's not a threat. That's not you're not holding it against them. Like you've right. put this man in a rough position. He's not going to be able to make a choice that doesn't hurt somebody. That's not fair. And yeah. so um, he's he's not choosing his wife over his grand grandkids or his son. Uh, I think he's in solidarity, and this is how the situation needs to get resolved. And I think that's fair. I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, but son, son, so son has to deal with the uh, with the wife and the mom and say, look, you guys got to work this out. I will not let my grand, I will not let my kids be this, and this is not healthy for you. Yeah. And uh, we're not doing this, so you got to figure it out. Nathaniel, other advice? Yeah, I mean, what well, my question would be, why didn't he? Uh... Maybe it takes some action right there on the porch porch step. Like slap his mom? Well, I don't know. Just say, hey, <laughs> uh, Helga doesn't have that wide of hips yeah. or you whatever, keep, whatever. He should say, you keep my wife's name out of your lips. Wow. <laughs> I mean, give, him the old, give him the old Will Smith. Yeah, that's an option. <laughs> I don't know if that would have helped. <laughs> it might have helped his relationship with his wife. Yeah, but not his mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I, do you, you presume that, like, the son was... Agreeing or just not fight? He didn't say. I guess. Yeah. yeah. His son could have been just been passive about it because he doesn't want to pick a fight with his mom. That's kind of how I read it. It's like, yeah. well, mom, take it easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But not being like, you know, I don't know, man. It's difficult, especially with older folk or people that you know who just don't handle the world right. Is that like, I, you know, they say something, they say something kind of inflammatory, and you're like, what, what am I going to do here? Is this Custer's last stand, or am I just going to kind of, okay, yeah, <laughs> and then just kind of move on? I mean, is it going to be worth the next two weeks of, of pain dealing with this rebuttal or what? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. It depends on who you are as a character. I feel like if I did that to my wife and kind of just let it go, she might be going like, yeah, that person's difficult to deal with. I understand. Yeah. But like if they, you know, if you don't, if you're not used to protecting or defending your wife and then someone's, you know, flipping the lip and you, you don't stand up for your wife, then maybe she's got a right to be mad. Okay. I have a tough time putting myself in these situations, like because it's like I try and put my 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 own uh, self in there, and there's just no way I could imagine my mother saying something inflammatory about my wife. 
Right, it's more likely to be about you or something. Yeah, yeah. oh, for sure. <laughs> I hear yeah. he likes the wrestling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> Actually, I've said I said it out loud uh, that uh, wrestling is my love language at my mom's house too. Yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody seems to take me seriously about it though. No one wants to wrestle me. Just I'm like it's, grappling. Uh, I'm not trying to be weird about anything, but you know, just like you know, getting in there. I just. I just want to light grapple with people. <laughs> I'm going to see you getting getting like accosted on the street. Someone's trying to steal your wallet. You're going to be like wrestling with them. I'm like, stop loving that man. <laughs> I just happen to have my chair. I'm going to hit you in the head. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Secular says, you have learned the hard way that in our technological society, privacy is history. I do not feel it would be helpful to threaten your son and daughter-in-law by withholding your husband from interacting with them and the grandkids. What you should do is apologize again to your daughter-in-law for your critical and unkind comments, repeatedly if necessary, then hope she can find it in her heart to forgive you. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree on that threatened thing. I just think that's, that's uh, yeah. you're representing that harshly for unnecessary reasons. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Dear, life in the path. I have been married for 32 years. Sorry, I've been married to my wife for 32 years. I love her dearly. Recently, though, her smoking has been really bothering me. Her father passed away from COPD five years ago because he was a lifetime smoker. Do people really pass? You pass away from COPD? I mean, I thought it's like just something. You probably died of like pneumonia or something. Okay, I don't. Yeah. But I don't care. I thought that would convince her to stop. She has tried, but she always goes back. She tries to cover it up by making frequent trips to the store and other places to get out of sight to smoke. <laughs> So she's an amateur is what you're telling me. It infuriates me that she would lie, but she doesn't seem to have a problem with it at all. It makes me wonder what else she's been lying about. Canned beef. She's serving you canned beef. My biggest concern, obviously, is that her health problems are increasing. Frequent, excuse me, frequent colds. She blames allergies. Coughing while she sleeps, snoring terribly. We now sleep in separate beds at times just so I can get some sleep. When I bring up the subject of quitting, she gets defensive. Her mother will no longer talk to her about it, and she wants her to quit even more than I do. As my wife goes down this road, I'm becoming less attracted to her. We don't talk much anymore when we are by ourselves. We once went to a marriage counselor who agreed with me on the subject of quitting, but my wife blew it off. I'm near my limit and thinking of ending our marriage. How can I get through to her without a messy divorce? Wow. Again, that took a real turn, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is the love of my life. You will stop harming yourself in a way that is often difficult to kick or I'm going to leave you. The thing is, he he can't talk her out of smoking any more than she can talk him out of chocolate chip cookies and French fries. Yeah, and they're both gonna kill you. So yeah, that's get right. over yourself. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It'd be great if she'd stop. Yeah, but she has to want to. She, you you can't will someone to lose weight. You can't will them to stop smoking. To, you know, any anything like that. Yep, they've got to want it, and and you can't wind them into it or nag them into it. No, as a matter of fact, I think it almost puts it um, – it becomes something where you can be kind of their ever-faithful encourager, and, and there's a line of which that moves to being adversarial, of which mm. they are – they are like they will straight up dodge you, right? Yeah. Why – I'll take – she's hiding it because of – like one, good, good nature. She's, she's worried you're going to be disappointed in her. Or she recognizes that she has a problem. She hates that she still has it. Yeah. And she doesn't want to have you look at her and think and, and, and talk about it again. I mean, she knows. She knows. Yeah. She knows, but she can't stop. Yes. I got a buddy right now who, who is in hospice 
Because of smoking. Yeah. And he knew it. He knew it at the time. Yep. Ten years ago, he said, I know it's going to get me. It's got him. Yeah. And there, there's, and there, you know. Yeah. And then just, you, there's just something about, like, there's addictions like that, and it's just yep. not easy to kick. I ate popcorn tonight, and I put butter on microwave buttered popcorn. <laughs> And I, at the time, I thought to myself, that's going to cause a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, is, that is stupid. It should stop. There is yes. nothing smart about that. Yeah. And I absolutely know that. Still did it. And I liked it. Yeah. Yep. And I'll do it again. Yep. When I'm at my worst, like, uh, at that, like I'll go to the gas station. I'm like, I need to, I'm just going to get some coffee. And as soon as I get some coffee, I'm like, this is a hot drink. I can't drink a hot drink all day. I'm going to need some kind of cold drink to get it. So I can buy something else to balance it out. And I'm like, boy, there's a lot of liquid here. I'm going to need some, like a donut or something. Like, this is st- it's ridiculous. I need to absorb some of this. It's ridiculous. And you know what? I can solve this. By and we know put, better. Like, put those two things back. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. And then just stick with the coffee. But I, but I don't know how many times, like, it, again, at my worst, I've walked out with four or five things. And it was completely unnecessary. Yeah. Really unnecessary. Yeah, I, so I, I, here's the thing: people are people are quirky like this. Like, if if it were as easy as I, he, uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna peel back the curtain here. My wife actually doesn't work this way. If she says she doesn't want to do something, she will just not do it. Like it's her, her her mind totally works that way. And I know very very few people who can do that. Now, Dan, you're kind of like that in some things. There's some things where like if you just got your, your you set your mind on something, like it's just. That's what it is. And and it doesn't like I've seen that in you. Uh-huh. And like but it's not it's not most people and it certainly isn't most people in in like broadly. Like there's always there tends to be something. And like it is the hardest thing. I've known all kinds of peculiarities in my life and like interacting with my wife who just simply does not understand it. She does not understand me. I like uh we we've had um Interesting conversations around like I don't know I was gonna, like I'll buy coffee when I'm out and this is like gas this is not even Starbucks it's like I got gas station coffee because I was out uh, and I was gonna be out for like two or three hours and so I thought well I'll just get a coffee and like the conversation was around she's like you know well what are you spending our money on coffee for? couldn't you drink coffee at home I'm like well I'm not home well can't you just wait I said I probably could but it was like a couple bucks worth of coffee <laughs> and she's like like you 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 should just have it every once in a while and I'm like I I know where we're gonna have a break here. I said, what do you mean by every once in a while? And like in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe two days a week or something. Like don't, yeah. just don't, keep it easy. Two dollars, yeah. take it easy. What she meant was like once a month. Yeah. That's once in a while in her mind. Because if she's thirsty when she's out and about or something, she will go through a drive through and get a free water and not buy anything else. I won't pee somewhere without buying something. <laughs> yeah, right. Me too. Feels weird about it. <laughs> you know? Feel like and, I'm stealing your water. <laughs> that's right. And like, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just, and so, but, but it's it's just an odd, I, I bring my wife up as an example because like, I, I look at this, I look at the smoker and I'm like, I get it. I mean, I, I, it's, I, and, and like, I'm not as likely to lay so, like, it feels, it's, it's, if you look at it purely logically, these addictions are selfish. They like if you just ignore the fact that there's a human dealing with it, there's a choice, and it feels like I mean, have you taken every possible precaution? You stop buying cigarettes. You call a man every time you walk in the store, makes you don't walk out with any cigarettes. Like, uh, do I have like whatever I spend at the gas station, eight bucks or something? Like, okay, we we could use that eight dollars elsewhere. And so like it, there was something that was this was just me, only benefited me, actually probably harmed me health wise, dollar wise, and I still chose it and I still did it. And I, I my wife hates that. As like I'm okay, I get it, I, I get yeah. the perspective, but like humans are more complicated than that. 
Like yeah. most humans in some way or another just have a hard time keeping with something or making – like it's not like they don't understand the logic behind it. They just go, yeah, but I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm still going to do that right, just really, right really now. I like it. <laughs> and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep doing it for like 10 years. Like, I'll stop tomorrow. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so like I, I – without dialing back the reality that says like if you keep doing that, those things are going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And like, it's still sad that this, that it's true that they are. But, but like the reality. But you here's the thing: you can't live your whole life as if that your whole relationship is your disappointment in that. Yeah, I, I just it it lacks even if it's logical, it lacks grace and it lacks a little bit of human grayness that I think exists in people. That which there's a line of which you how do you become an encourager to that person without becoming their adversary? Where they don't they don't start looking at every interaction with you of I hope they don't bring up my smoking because mm-hmm. like is that really the I know that it's top of their your mind as the person who's worried about them smoking but like that's really all they were to you like that's their whole value as to whether they're a smoker or not but, and like I know because you love everything else about them you're trying to protect this piece but like you're gonna miss out on the next X years alive just focusing on that and so it's frustrating especially if you feel like someone's destroying themselves in front of you like harming themselves and and you want something better for them but like you're gonna have unless you want to blow that relationship and that this divorcing would be you that's not on them that's on you um i i just find a way to keep being the encouraging voice in the right direction and not the adversary on the other side of it even though your adversarial reaction is simply because you love them and it's important to you i know Mm -hmm. but like i don't know there's there's a way to do it it's just a hard it's a hard thing to do Then you, you ever had like? Would you say are you a guy who's like uh, easily like if you say no to something you can just stay away from it? Or are you are you prone to to being drawn back in? Oh, I'm super prone. I uh, <laughs> I have a very addictive personality mm-hmm. where uh, there's probably things that I'm glad that I uh, have not done in my life because I would uh, I would succumb to them. Yeah. Very easily. Yeah. Uh, I never did cigarettes because I thought one is they looked expensive to me, and I can't. I actually I tried once and I couldn't do it. Like I tried to, and I, what, I don't. I wasn't doing it right. I did not have the effect you're supposed to. But then I thought, like of all the things to be addicted to, how about a sweet, sweet soda? Yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one got me good. Is the soda and yeah. the energy drinks. Yeah. Caffeine in general. I don't do the energy drinks. Well, I think I, the caffeine really got me when I started working night shift for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then I just you know. Eventually you ramp up and then you're you know you wake up and you're doing a gram of caffeine a day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's just not good. <laughs> okay, you're dropping a dime on a monster. You say I just can't. It's how I live. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Have you tried to kick caffeine? Yeah, yeah, and I'll go like a couple of days and it's uh, two yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I uh I was traveling to uh, California for vacation this last year. And uh, I didn't get any coffee or whatever at the at the uh, airport because I'm not paying you know five bucks for a coffee. Okay, that's outrageous. Yep. Uh, and then uh, you know a couple, I got like a, a day and a half in, and I was like, man, I've got this crazy headache. <laughs> and I realized that it's because I had not had any caffeine. And I and I thought to myself, this is bad. <laughs> that, that like. I am this addicted to a substance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not just caffeine. It's also, you know, sweets and... Sugars, and, yeah. Yeah, food and and Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. 
Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I can, I can, and then you get uh, the mindset where you think to yourself, well, you know, I, I've screwed up before and I know for sure I'm going to screw up again. So why not screw up now? <laughs> <laughs> what does it matter? Exactly. <laughs> and so, and I'm sure that's gone through this lady's mind. Where you know, I, uh, I've tried quitting before and, uh, I've, I've always gone back to smoking. Yep. And so like, why, why quit again? And you should, obviously no one wants to feel like a failure, no, especially right. to the person that you're closest to. I know. There's been several times where my wife says, hey, how's that uh, fresh diet going? And uh, I really don't want to fess up and say, hey, yeah, I had eight cookies for lunch, and that was it. Uh, but I I have to. I say, yeah, not good. Not, not good. good. I know I started yesterday, but uh, I'm, you know, 1,500 calories over. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't – like, I, I've, I've struggled with, uh, like um, – exercising like trying to do i sit down all day like i work on an office job i sit on my brains just typing away you know and so like i i really need to be out moving and so that i don't get 10 20 years down the line and like my body's like dude we don't know how to do anything else you should sit back down <laughs> and so uh but like my my the, the level of which i think i can commit to like the, the thought of exercising even like six, five, six days a week for the rest of my life feels like a prison sentence to me. Yeah. It just feels like you said, your life is going to suck from here on out. Because every day there's just going to be a big red dot on the calendar that says, you got to go do jumping jacks and walk around and lift weights for 45 minutes or something for it to, me, for it to even matter. Yeah. Like you got to yeah. sweat enough to take a shower and you got to lift something so that you're tired and you feel a little bit like junkie afterwards. I don't get invigorated. Some people like go pump the iron and they feel like yeah. I'm ready for the day. I think, boy, I'm glad that's freaking over. I hate it. Like I just don't <laughs> like it. And like, um, again, sorry, this, this is a ben, Ben's counseling time, but like my wife is awesome at this. She goes, we should be exercising and she starts doing it. And not only should do the one, but she go. We should, I'm going to do an extra one, focusing on abs. And she'll do another ten minutes. She'll be up till like one in the morning if it takes it. Like anything past nine o'clock, and we're like, well, we, should, we still need to get the workout again. I'm like, don't we think that ship has sailed though? It's nine o'clock. <laughs> I think that we're done with that. It's got to be twelve thirty before my wife would say. And, I, and I've seen her work out at one in the morning where she's like, oh, I just feel like I got to do it. Like she's just. There's things I very much admire about this woman that are uh, not in me at all. Yeah. But like. But then when I look forward, if I look at the next 30 years and go, boy, that's, this just looks terrible. And I say, look, I think I can do three days a week or something. I'm going to try to target that. And I just see to my wife, she's like, yeah, yeah, that would be good. But in the back of her mind, she's like, you're going to die a slow death if it's not five. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's for my good. But there's just, there's just something, there's all kinds of things that are for my good that I just cannot yeah, I can't get my mind wrapped. Around. I wish I felt better. I wish my energy, just like I'm sure there's all kinds of smokers who are out there who are like, I wish I woke up this morning and go, I've got every ounce of energy to fight that stick. I'm not picking it up. Or for you to go, I'm willing to sit out this, this headache and I'm not going to touch caffeine for two weeks. I'm going to water flush. I'm going to pee a million times. I'm going to try to get this caffeine stuff off my brain. But like... It's just harder. It's and like and that's not even a hard substance. I think of people who are dealing with like hardcore porn addictions, hardcore <laughs> drug addictions, alcohol, especially like when um, when those things are tied to emotions. Like my exercise stuff is just like I, I think I'm gonna be. I don't want to not be able to get around when I'm older and play with grandkids and stuff. But like uh, 
a lot of people's like addictions are tied to like really rough experiences or hard emotional things. And like, then the two start to be symbiote, you know, like now alcohol is related to your ability to like think, get past horrific option a, or, or, or like you started taking drugs cause you just, you felt so junky about yourself and it was a way to get out of it. And so now every time you have that same emotional feeling, your body goes, remember that one thing that was better. You should do that because <laughs> your body <laughs> betrays you. And so like, what a double layer. I've got a lot of like there is a there is still an ownership of those things. Like you got to own your addiction. You have but to dance to your point, like you you have to want it. It is hard work. Yep. It is not easy for someone like, "Hey, can't you just not take meth today?" Well, yeah, I wish it was that easy, friend. It is that easy. You just have to not do it, but like it's not near that easy. Yeah. <laughs> You're fighting something. So anyway, I I have sympathy here. It doesn't mean like the out the ultimate things are not um are not difficult, but like, so back to long rambling advice to this feller, uh, is don't divorce. This is a terrible reason to divorce your wife. This is terrible. Um, this is not the only reason you married her. I understand why you care about it. Um, the deceit thing, I would be careful. Like she shouldn't be hiding it from you, but what do you want her to do? Smoke in your face? Like, yeah, I, you know, but like also I want you to consider what it looks like to be married to you how often you're bringing this up and if like if you're kind of forcing her for any sense of peace in her life to to allow her to like i mean probably feel like crap driving to the store or around the block or whatever she's doing smoking but now she has to feel like to do it away from you because she just can't handle you mentioning it again and have making it a thing all the time and so um if it's not the main thing in your marriage which it shouldn't be Make sure you're not giving it the attention that makes it feel like it's the main thing in your marriage. And I, I again, like I sympathize with the guy because yeah. it's hard because yeah. you think this woman's harming herself and I love her. <laughs> but don't take it so personal. It's not. It's not about you. It's about them, and they need your help. Not like oh, they're doing this to me. I, I just most people aren't thinking that far ahead to be honest with you. Right. They're, they're more selfish than that. They're not like take that puff puff. Like they're not. That's not what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And sorry. Anybody else got any advice? <laughs> like this aggressive antagonistic smoking. <laughs> Actually, I do find. Okay, check this. Out. I find I'm in an unhealthy relationship with my garbage man. Like his name's Donnie. He runs Donnie's Waste Service out in my uh, country area. Sure. And like, uh, I do feel like whenever I take the garbage out and he picks it up, I feel like I won that week. Have I said this out loud? I'm like, take that, Donnie. <laughs> But then, but then when I forget to get it out to the curb, I feel like he's laughing, driving by. I'm like, take that, Ben. And he had to drive by there anyway. He's not actually up anything. I'm, I didn't gain anything. Yeah. But like, I feel unnecessarily antagonistic towards Donnie. <laughs> with my girl. In fact, I got to. It goes out tonight. Aren't what, you paying him? I know. That's why it is, I, I've oriented the wrong way. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not taking advantage of him. I'm only getting the service I paid for. But I do set it out there, and I hear the garbage truck go by. And if I remember to put it out, I'm like, take that, oh, yeah. Donnie. <laughs> it's wrong. Do you forget to take out the trash often? all the time? I get you kind of live out in the in the in the in the sticks. Yeah, it's, you don't see other people on your block. No, out the trash. Nope, they do not. It does not happen. If I don't remember to do it, like I won't see another trash can for two miles. Yeah, yeah, I'd and be so, lost without the other trash cans. That, this well, so and the problem is, is that like since I work from home, it's not like I go outside during the morning. Like I head out towards, I work in a shed, and so I don't walk towards the road. Uh, and so I may not be out there till, till actually I may not be out there at all. And, uh, and the, I only know it because I'm on some code of conference call and I could hear old Donnie coming, coming up the road there and I could hear him a mile out, but I cannot run fast enough to get this thing into the road. And so he just, I, I know he's feeling smug about it. That's all. Yeah. 
Anyway. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. You just imagine you, hey, I got to get off this call. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I gotta go. AFK real quick. Yeah, showed up, Donnie. I, actually, I have uh, with the weeks that we don't, I do it when I, I'll take the garbage out when I get home from the show. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. now, for some reason, the loudest sound in the world are the wheels of that stupid garbage can. Yeah. It's, it could be one in the morning, getting home from the show, and like, I'm like dragging it across gravel out into yeah. the road. Everybody in the house is up. But like, uh, uh, if we don't have a show, which we didn't for the last couple of weeks, like that's when I'm most prone to forget because I'm not out there at one in the morning. Like, but when I'm when you're pulling in from the show, I got nothing else to think about. I'm like, oh yeah, garbage. Yeah, I got it. Okay, sorry. Advice. Here we go. Uh, Secular says, by now it should be obvious that your wife is displaying classic symptoms of an addict. This is something she may have inherited from her father. Why are we saying that? Or nicotine. Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> she has, or her grandpa, I mean, or her cousin Stan. She has a serious medical and possibly psychological problem because she cannot quit on her own. If she's even interested in doing so, which I doubt, why are you saying this? She will need professional help. Nicotine patches and gum could aid in her cutting back, but a psychological component will still need to be addressed. Interestingly, you didn't mention the effect besides revulsion her secondhand smoke is having on you. This is something you should address with your doctor. Once you've done that, offer your wife the op- the option of treatment. However, if she refuses, you'll have to decide whether to consult a lawyer. Well, yeah. Wow. I mean, that, one. That's uh, extreme. It doesn't feel extreme. And then secondly, she didn't give advice. She just said, yeah, what you said. You'll yeah. have to think about it. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> she needs counseling. She smokes. <laughs> like, what? Do people still do the, the smoking hypnotists? Is that still a thing? I you remember those guys? Yeah. They yeah. used to show up on the radio. Do you not want to smoke anymore? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you remember that guy? Yeah. Is that still a thing? I don't think... Yeah, yeah, well, no, I would assume so. I would guess. Yeah. I haven't seen one in a while. Would Maybe you think, I don't listen to the radio hey, that much. Hey, man, you think we could do one for gas stations and Taco Bells? We could bring a dude in here to like... I don't. Here's the deal. I, it's, it's, this feels like t- uh, t- doing mushrooms. I don't like guy jacking with my conscious states. Like he might yeah. convince me my name is like Shannon or something and <laughs> put me in a real pickle. <laughs> but like, uh, so every time someone says, hey, Shannon, I can't help it. I'm like, well, yes, how can I help you? <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, uh, I wonder if they do that for uh, sort of like food, uh, food and, mon- and financial. I've heard before. Food. Hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if there's any Christian guys doing it. Can I find a Christian food hypnotist? That's my question. <laughs> in- is kind of like a new age thing? Is that, I mean, what's... I don't know. It gets in the spiritual things. That's like, what wigs me out, right? Like, there's. Stay away from that stuff. I'm yeah. kind of interested in people in like Christians who are doing some of this kind of work, like Eastern medicine-ish stuff and hypnotism and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's witchcrackery or just uh, you're opening up things that the Lord has put in there and you're just kind of finding them. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. Sounds I think like a Google search waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's gonna start. He's gonna come to my house. He's like, I knew you were thinking about my Ben. My friend Donnie told me to come find you. All right. Uh, this has been enough. Thank you for listening to Live from the Path. We really appreciate it. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so at the Live from the Path Bob Eisenhower complaint line, 515-517-0085. I said that number probably a thousand times. I still don't remember it. I have it pasted in front of me because I will forget. 515-517-0085. Also, uh, tis the season for podcast review leaving. Uh, if you've got, uh, you know, maybe you really love the show and you want to give it the old five stars, two thumbs ups or whatever you do, just uh, do that on whatever podcast app is. And then you can leave a comment, say this particular show was uh, Randy Dandy. And if you didn't like it, you can say that, too. You should. This is a uh, what, what, uh, what's a what's a name that you could use that's the opposite of Randy Dandy. Uh, this is a disappointing Daryl. 
I did that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, if it's a disappointing Daryl, you can say that too. That's fine. <laughs> but that's. I think that's all we got. I'm gonna leave it to you. Um, and we will see you next week. Um, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the past.